get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Welcome back. Welcome inside Game Day Winnipeg. This is your pregame show ahead of Bombers Elks that will go live Saturday night at the Madhouse on Matheson. That is IG Field. Bombers coming off a bye. It's been a while since we've seen you out there, Bonfire Starters. Great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Welcome uh, to the live chat and, and all those good things. Of course, the Bombers a win against Edmonton will secure first place in the West, which means they'll host the West final on November 11th at IG field. Of course, if Calgary can beat BC tonight, Friday night, that would also secure Winnipeg first place in the West. But uh, you didn't come here for me to tell you the obvious. You came here for this young man, Chris Walby, the greatest O-lineman to ever play in the Canadian oh. football league, North Winnipeg's own Pluto. How you feeling? How was your bye week? I haven't talked to you in like two great. weeks, man. It's weird. I know you're happy. I'm I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit uh, messed up from all that. Well, you know, you have a different regime than I do. I mean, my regime is pretty simple, but yours is, you know, now you're doing the jets and all that other stuff. So you're being pulled in a million different directions. But yeah, for me, it was a nice week. Uh, you know, reading up on all the stuff about the bombers and what they're going to do, and obviously with missing one of their key players going into the matchup against the Elks. Um, Listen, this is a team to me, Edmonton, they, they got nothing to lose. That's the scary part about it. They have nothing to lose. They're playing for jobs, no doubt about it. They're playing for jobs. But at this time of the year, one game doesn't make a career. So, I mean, they're going to evaluate every player, what they've done in a number of games. But they've got six changes since the last time they played. I think the most notable, we talked off air a little bit, with Eugene Lewis, Um you know, he's back in the lineup, and it's nice to see because he has not played against the Bombers this year in both games. I think that's a big addition on that outside. And listen, you can say what you want. I think Edmonton would have been a better team had they started Trey Ford in the beginning yes. of the year yes. as opposed to Taylor, Corny, Dog, Cornelius, and, uh, you know, Jarrett, Doggy Doo. So, I mean, uh, you got you to gotta go with what you got to go. But I think this kid's got a great future. I know that when we did a, we did a game – the first time the Bombers did Edmonton, and they were playing uh, Taylor Cornelius, Cornelius, excuse me, mm -hmm. and Jones, Chris Jones, went out and said he's not playing well enough in practice to be a starter, and he's talking about Trey Ford. Yeah, yeah. As soon as Trey Ford comes in, it's, I'm telling you what, he's a different. He brings a different dynamic to that team. Mm -hmm. uh, you talk to Richie Hall; they're all listen. This guy's a legit four-four running forty, and if anybody knows, I can't even fall out of bed that fast. I mean, that's how fast this guy is, man. He's He's quick, and, uh, you know, if you don't keep him contained, he's going to burn you, and I expect him to do whatever it takes to win this football game. Yeah, you know, like you, you say playing for jobs. Some people think maybe even Chris Jones is coaching for his job. I don't think that's the case. He will be back no. next season. Uh, yeah. But the reality is every player on that team also knows Chris Jones will be back next season. And like uh, Crispy Galactic just mentioned uh, in the live chat, what's going on, Crispy? I don't think I've seen you before. Welcome. Welcome to Bonfire Sports. Um when you know the coach is going to be back next year, you wonder if you are and playing for jobs makes for a dangerous team. And you mentioned Trey Ford and, and Gino Lewis, like Gino not playing against the blue bombers. The first two games, I think that is a great point yeah. to mention right off the top because for yeah. my dollar, 
Gino Lewis is the most athletic and dangerous receiver in the CFL. I mean that. I'm not talking about Kenny Lawler. I'm not talking about Dalton Schoen or Keon Hatcher or Dom Rimes or whoever. I'm talking about Gino. This guy was the biggest free agent offensive player in the CFL this past offseason. Edmonton backed up the Brinks truck like they did with Kenny Lawler a year before, and they gave Gino what he deserved, and that is big-time money because he is a big-time player. Uh, And then you add Trey Ford. Like, think about this, Chris. He didn't play half the season. He's got over 600 rushing yards. Scale that out. This guy is a legit, like, thousand on the ground, you know, a few thousand through the air, Um, and and he's a second-year player which is effectively like a rookie in Canadian football. CI, you know, a U sports quarterback, University of Waterloo, people questioning what was the competition like playing in the OUA, the Ontario um, University Athletics uh, Conference. What would he be able to bring to the pro level? He's small. He's fast. Does that offset one another? He seems to have the head of a quarterback because he's composed. He's able to extend plays, make some off-schedule things happen. Winnipeg is going to have their hands full with this guy and a team that is motivated to earn a job and finish strong despite missing the playoffs this year. We could be in store for a real battle on Saturday night. Yeah, this is not a bingo spot by any means of the imaginations. You're talking about a guy in Trey Ford who was basically 12 of 16 the last time they played, 190 yards. He had a touchdown and interception. But having said that, he rushed the ball five times for 50 yards. I just think that, you know, and I read a comment here by Scott Westman, you know, Ford can't go out and blow an MCL or something because he might screw up next year. He's not even thinking about that. Listen, right now, I'll tell you, Trey Ford, if he's got to run 50 times, he's going to run 50 times. Whatever it takes to win. I love the way this kid plays it. He's got what I what I've really been impressed with, DB, and you hit on a couple points. One is his composure. Two, he's got great speed and he and he really makes defenses play honest. And three, he's actually doing a pretty dang good job reading defenses. And that's something you don't usually get from a young quarterback. A young quarterback usually get him back there to get happy feet and they take off and run the football. He's actually doing pretty good throwing. He's got twelve touchdowns, six interceptions. Completing almost 68% of his passes. That ain't bad, man. I'm telling you right now. Kid's got a future. And I think the Bombers know you cannot walk into this game thinking it's going to be an automatic. Even though they beat Edmonton nine straight games, they should have lost the last game. The offense did what they had to do. But, I mean, obviously 22 points up and then to blow it. They couldn't. They just couldn't stop once the Bombers get their offense attacking. You know, the, Bombers are a real good second-half team. Yep. We saw it last week against BC. You know what? I gave Richie left? Hall. I gave Richie Hall my game ball after the last game because his halftime adjustments were outstanding. Oh, they shut yes. it yeah. down. Considering the first half, and it was Vernon Adams yeah. Jr. when we're talking BC now, he was just picking us apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, they made the adjustment at halftime. I think they held like 50 plus yards in the second half. Uh, they just, you know, basically messed with uh, Vernon's uh, reads and everything. And, you know, they couldn't get anything done. And eventually the Bombers, and you know what's going to happen, Zach attack, he gets going and he gets on fire with the receivers they have, even though they're going to miss the big man, Dalton Show, which is a huge hit to them, leading touchdown getter in the CFL with 10 touchdowns, 1,200 yards receiving. You you know what? You just don't replace that. No. Nope. Yes, they will have guys coming in and Brandon O'Leary Orange. And, they're you know, deep. Wallet-Tarski's gonna they're move. deep. They're very deep, but 
But <laughs> there's something about the connection that Zach has with Dalton Schoen. Um, the way this guy gets open, I mean, he's not even he's not even that super fast. But he he I told you this I I compared him to Ben Cahoon, not the quickest, but smart. Sees the defense, knows where he's got to go to get open, and he's got great great hands. Four and thirteen Elks visiting the. 12 and four Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a win, and the Bombers are in first place secured in the West Division. Let's look at uh, how the Bombers will line up on offense with some of those changes with, as you see, Dalton shown out of the Blue Bombers lineup. It's a lower body injury, uh, an ankle, uh, and was spotted in a walking boot this week uh, at the Blue Bombers facility. So, uh, you know, that could be preventative. That could be uh, an indication that it's more serious. Of course, you, we know how the Blue Bombers handle things uh, with injuries uh, and that outlook. Uh, we won't really know until we know for sure um, the the status of Dalton shown for the postseason. But um, with shown out, as you mentioned, Brendan O'Leary Orange steps into the X wide receiver spot. Drew Wolitarski drops to slot back. Greg McRae will dress uh, and and take that uh, offensive spot uh, that uh, is vacated by Dalton Schoen. Nick Dembski still in his regular spot. Rashid Bailey back where he always is. And uh, Kenny Lawler, or pardon me, Bailey moving over to the other side where Schoen normally is. And Lawler lining up um, uh, at the X. I think I called O'Leary Orange the X. That's the Z. But either way, that's where Drew Wolitarski normally is. O'Leary Orange steps yeah. in, Lawler, uh, where where he always is as well. Brady Oliveira, I know we want to talk about uh, MOP uh, and and uh, some of the Blue Bombers awards. Chris, you and I touched on them um, in our last pregame show of, of, you know, who should be representing the Blue Bombers in all of the CFL award categories. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I want to move over to the defensive side of the ball for the Blue Bombers and no changes in this group over the last number of weeks outside of Demario Houston uh, on the injured list, uh, Winston Rose bumping over next to Dietrich Nichols and, of course, Jamal Parker, who I think has played quite well uh, as a second-year player um, in the Blue Bombers' defensive secondary. But to stop Trey Ford, to limit him, as the Blue Bombers have had trouble against mobile quarterbacks this season, doesn't matter if they're a big-body guy, that's a power runner, Chad Kelly, or uh, Taylor Cornelius or Dustin Crum or more of a, um, you know, as you like to call them, Chris, more of a scat back uh, like a Trey Ford. Uh, What's key for them to focus on or or do they need to change things much to limit a a quarterback that can beat you both ways? Well, I mean, to me, it's obvious. I mean, your ends really have a lot of pressure. And I'm talking about Jackson and Jeff Cohen and and, uh, Willie Jefferson. They've got to keep them in the pocket. This is a guy that, as you say, because of his great athletic ability, will extend plays with his legs. He'll take off. And listen, let's not overlook they have one of the best running backs in the CFL in, in Kevin Brown. Overall, you know, he's got a, a what, 1,100 yards, 6.1 yard average. He seems to be getting stronger and stronger as the year goes. This is the last game, too, for him. So, you know what? You're not worried about banging yourself up. You're not worried about getting hurt because you're going and leaving it all on the field because. Basically, it's garbage day the next day. You're filling up your equipment in the garbage bags, and you're having your wind-up dinner, and you're going to be watching uh, what happens with the rest of the season and the rest of the teams. So I think it's really imperative that Jefferson or Theodric Hansen or Jeff Cole, whoever they put at that end spot, man, you just got to make sure you follow and keep him in because if he gets to the outside, and that's this, this is the double whammy, DB. Mm-hmm. 
If he gets to the outside, he's going to do something. If you spread those ends out, he can take off up the middle. Now, do they spy him? Do you spy him? There's a question. Do you put Adam Binkel on him? Do you put Kyrie Wilson on him? What do you do? So that's an interesting thing, and that'll be interesting to watch that little game of chess that's going on with the defense against Trey Ford. Um, you know, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a gamble. It's a risk versus, a risk versus reward. Um, you take Adam and he comes tight to the line. There's a hole behind him in that middle linebacker spot. So, yeah, it, it, just because of the way that Trey Ford plays, it opens up a whole new dynamic in this offense. Listen, Edmonton's 4-12 and 12 or whatever they are. They're not that bad of a team. They've played horrible, but I think they're a better team with the guys we've mentioned, with Lewis, with Ford, with Brown. Uh, and we're not even talking about the other side. Mm-hmm. And they've got a pretty good group over there in, in uh, Chiron Moore, who was with Saskatchewan last year. He's the leading receiver for him right Swerve. now. And then obviously obviously Dylan Mitchell who had a huge game against the Bombers last time they played. So, yeah, yeah they've got some weapons, buddy. It's just on defense they're going to have to really shut down the Bomber offense because – I think when, when Zach and uh, the, and Brady and uh, I think that, you know, the, the move I'm going to talk about right now uh, is Drew Olatarski is very similar to me of a Dalton Schoen. They both have the same kind of speed. They're both open. They know how to catch the ball extremely well. I think Walatarski is going to be my guy. Tomorrow is going to have a huge game. Yeah. I just think it. I think Walatarski is going to be a, a huge game for him. He's going to get a couple of touchdowns, uh, a lot of catches. Six catches, two touchdowns. There you go. So I highlighted Manny Arsenault here uh, on Manny. the Edmonton Elks offensive depth chart. And the reason I do that is, yes, Dylan Mitchell, Kieran Moore, the man they call Swerve, uh, Gino we talked about, Gavin Cobb, the University of Manitoba product, the Winnipegger, has been yes. very good. A lot of chemistry uh, between the Canadians, Gavin Cobb and Trey Ford. Cobb is fast, athletic player, really athletic player, great agility. But the reason I highlight Manny Arsenault is, no, he's not as dangerous, uh, the big body red zone possession receiver he has been in years be. past, but he is smart. And I think his greatest asset is, is his blocking ability. You have Kevin Brown, yes. who Great is a thousand-yard rusher, going one direction. You have Trey Ford, who would be a well over 1,000-yard rusher had he played the whole season this year, yes. going the other direction. And you got Manny Arsenault as a guy that can block, seal the edge, make some, you know, even be a, a, a bit of a... Um, you know, a, a misdirection or a, a dupe because they think they're going to be running behind Manny Arsenal uh, a lot. They can bring in green uh, to line up at tight end. We know the blue bombers like to do that. Lots of things Edmonton can do offensively. Oh, your mic went out DB. Oh man. Have I been muted this whole time? No, Gracious. just now, just for t- 10 seconds, man. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I was just saying, like, how the Edmonton Elks handle uh, the dual threat of Trey Ford will be interesting. Fans have been clamoring yeah. for the spy, spy the quarterback, spy the quarterback. We saw Cam Judge do it against Dustin Crum. We've seen Cam Judge of the Calgary Stampeders do it against um, Chad Kelly as well. Uh, it's not really what Winnipeg has done or does do, I would say, but... You know, uh, as they say, um, you know, necessity is the uh, is the birth of invention. So maybe it's it's something Winnipeg needs to explore. Well, I also think the other thing too, when you're talking about the bomber defense, is they got to stay in their lanes. It's very imperative they go and they stay in the right, uh, you know, the, the basically their the rush lanes. 
if you get knocked out and create any kind of hole, this guy's going to make you pay for it. So, uh, you know, whether it's a blitz through the A gap, which is between the guard and the center, or the B gap, which is the guard and the tackle, you got to make sure you stay in there and plug that hole, or else he's going to just take that. He's going to take that opportunity to go up, take a step back, and go forward. You're going to see a lot of quarterback draw anyway. Yeah. I, I, there's going to be at least four or five times he's going to do quarterback draw. He's going to try and keep that defense honest. I also think Edmonton is going to try and throw the ball deep right off the bat. Mm. Stretch that defense, you know, make them go back, make them respect the speed they have. Because uh, like you said, you talked about Geno Lewis. His ability to adjust to the ball in the air and his hands are incredible. His catches, the one-handers by the you know sidelines. He just makes it look so easy. and He's just very, very talented. And I agree with you about your your little uh, your anecdote on Mar- Manny Arsenal. He is a hell of a blocker downfield. Um, you know what? He doesn't have a touchdown this year, so maybe tomorrow. You know, I mean, he's probably at the end of his rainbow too, right? I wouldn't think that Manny's probably going to have many more years. Maybe this is the last one. So go out on a winning note. You know what I mean? It's going to be very interesting. Let's take a look at that hat you got, Chris, because I know you spent uh, two weekends ago yeah. with your alma mater down at uh, Dickinson State. Yeah. Blue Hawk football <laughs> alumni. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's Dickinson State, any I where went to school. It's a great football program out there. They've won the conference a number of years. Uh, they have a tougher time when they go to Iowa, I guess, because a lot more private schools down there in the playoffs. But, yeah, they're good. And I tell you what, they treat you just like royalty. We went over. We had 1,000 people in our uh, tailgate party. Um, there was, I think, 20-plus people from the nineteen late 70s, early 80s there. So uh, I know it's aging us a bit, but, boy, I tell you what, uh, we were just treated like gold and that's how they should do it. And uh, it just makes you feel really good to go back. And we will be back that we're going in 2025. It's the hundredth anniversary of the university. So we're going back in 2025. So you know, hopefully if we're still doing this DB at that time, I'll have to take that week off brother. Yeah. Or we can do a road trip. We'll do the show from there. Yeah. I tell you, they'd love it, man. They, they're football. You know, it's like in the States, we play hockey, they play football. You go on the, you watch all the cars. They got little baby cleats everywhere where we have little baby skates. So oh, is that it's, it's right? crazy, man. That's yeah, cool. They all have baby cleats. So it's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, great to see everybody in the live chat. Uh, everybody watching live on YouTube and Facebook. Maybe you're watching Amen. on Twitter, head over to YouTube, hit that thumbs up, go do it right now. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, and don't forget to join us live post game coverage here on bonfire sports. As always, just a few minutes after the game, the man, uh, Zach Schnitzer, Schnitzy will join me for game day after dark. And uh, of course, always available on your podcast app as well. Um, Zach Kolaris gets the start. Now, it's important to note that Mike O'Shea mentioned today, Chris, on Thursday, or pardon me, on Friday, that uh, Winnipeg may adjust who they play and how much they play based on... Yeah, Yeah, BC plays tonight, Friday night. And if they lose, Winnipeg really has, I mean... In regards to the standings, Winnipeg has yes. nothing to play for if that happens. Uh, it's a magic well, number of one. One Bombers win, one BC yeah, loss. One this BC is loss. BC's final game of the regular season. Okay. They have a bye next week. Winnipeg uh, travels to Calgary to take on the Stamps. So, um, you know, uh, should Zach Kolaris be playing four quarters of football if they don't technically need him to? Should we see some more Drew Brown? Or do you get wary yes. of that, Chris? Because you have a game no. next week. Maybe he rests that game. And then you have a bye uh, presumably, if Winnipeg captures first in the West, the first week of the playoffs. Rest and rest. Ring the bell, your intuition. Ring the bell, DB. Ring the bell. That's the intuition bell because you're 100% right. First off, come on, brother. You know that if BC has to, if BC loses tonight, 
if they lose today. They're, they're playing Vernon Adams Jr., who had the wonky, wonky knee. Mm-hmm. You know they want to win this game. They want to put pressure on the Bombers to play their player. That was what Coach Rick Campbell said, the head coach of BC said. We want to win, so Winnipeg has to play their starters. That's the number one reason. Now, if BC loses, I, 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 I wouldn't even play Zach. I might play him a quarter. I'd play Drew Brown. Remember, Drew Brown played the first game against these Elks, uh, threw for over 300 yards and four touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. That was his coming out game where we were enshrining him, you know, to, uh, saying he's going to be a starter next year. So, yeah. Um, no, I just think that uh, it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, is it – BC's playing where? In Calgary or in – No, they're uh, home. In Calgary? Or, or BC home? is home. Okay, BC that's is a home tough place to, to win. You, yeah. Okay, it is you, a tough you know, place you know to win. Tough. And you know what? It's funny. This is, BC's, this is BC's final game of the regular season. Their yep. first game yep. of the regular season, they put the boots to the Stampeders week one yep. at BC Place. Um, BC has everything to play for, right? They need yep. to win. So it'll be tough well, for Calgary to do that. That said, whoop. Jake Mayer looked like... Uh, you know, um, ele- elevated Calgary Stampeders quarterbacks of years gone by, the way he was able to mount a comeback uh, in a huge victory yeah. in Week 19. Well, you know what? They got Beglington back, too, a great receiver. But I'll tell you what. I I, I, I remember we watched uh, Jake Mayer, and I thought, this kid's the next coming. He's going to be a great quarterback. And he He's is a good up quarterback. up and down, up and down. But he loves this little shallow passing game. He never goes deep hardly at all. Is that by so he design? he plays everything in a little... And why his number? You look at his numbers. The numbers are good because he's got these, you know, high percentage throws he's making. I think he's got to go stretch the defense if they're going to have a chance to win. But BC, as you know, has a pretty good secondary. They're not bad back there, buddy. I mean, uh, TJ Lee, Gary Peters, they got a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be I'm, – I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to Lake. I am going to watch that game because I'm curious to see how BC plays. And you know the fact they're playing Vernon Adams – and he couldn't come back in the game last week. But Dane Evans did a great job. Dane Evans went and played four for four. He led him to the victory. Uh, but having said that, I don't think Vernon Adams plays if it's not if it's not worth anything, right? But he they, again, it's to that point. You want to start your starters. They want to win the game. They're not making any bones about it. They have they want thirteen. They want thirteen victories. And think about it: thirteen victories, and they might end up in second place. Yeah. It's crazy. Now yeah. West Division is tough, but these are the top teams. You got Toronto and Hamilton. They are sneaking up, boys. I'm telling you, Hamilton's sneaking up. Mm-hmm. I saw Bo start off, and Bo Levi looked terrible, and then all of a sudden he came on, hit nine straight. I think Taylor Powell's their their most effective quarterback. Yeah, I like Taylor I digress. Paul too, but, uh, I digress. You know, uh, yeah, the, it'll be interesting to see how how those things uh, shake out. I do want to mention this since you mentioned you're going to the lake, Chris. Are you yeah. going to be doing any golfing? People getting an oh. opportunity to golf, uh, you know. Now into late October, it's outstanding. This is Scottswood Links, my good friends in Elm Creek, Manitoba. It's just like a 25-minute drive outside the perimeter, halfway between Winnipeg and Eli, Elm Creek, uh, beautiful golf course, Scottswood Links. We are giving away uh, a foursome pass with power cart right here on the pregame show. Look at that beautiful room they got for weddings, for uh, events. Uh, Beautiful, expansive clubhouse they just built uh, a couple years ago. They are going to be open through Sunday. You can book a tee time or you can win 
uh, a foursome pass. We're going to give one away on the pregame show here, and we're going to give one away on the postgame show uh, tomorrow night as well. It will be good into 2024 next golf season uh, as Sunday is their final day. But look at that. Absolutely gorgeous uh, prairie meadow setting, they like to call it. Uh, Scottswoodlinks.com. Scottswood, uh, as you see there, spelled S-C-O-T-S. W-O-O-D, scottswoodlinks.com. Um, I don't know how you want to give these away, Chris. What do you think? That's a good question, man. Um, why don't people predict when you're getting married there? Now, I think that's a great mm. spot for you to get married. I mean, you're sure. a young guy. You're a bachelor. I think you're you're looking to get engaged. Again. Or maybe you are engaged. I don't even know. You know, I haven't seen you for two weeks, so maybe you are right now. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's a good question. Um <laughs> You know, maybe maybe you'll come up with something because you're the man behind the scenes here. You know all the stuff. Well, this is this is uh, what I want. This is this is what I think we should do. Okay, if you okay, want to win this foursome pass, you got to be on YouTube. You got to be yeah. uh, subscribed. Okay, uh, if you sense. can get on uh, our Instagram as well. Tons of good jet stuff there. You can find us on Instagram bonfire sports bonfire.sports on Instagram. You can find links to all this stuff on bonfiresports.ca, your podcast app, the YouTube, the Facebook, uh, all that good stuff. But be sure to be subscribed. Be sure to be uh, following all of those. Give a thumbs up in um, the, the live chat right now. If you're watching this afterwards, give a thumbs up as well. You can still do that and leave a comment. Uh, and if you comment, um, you know what? Make sure you do all those things and then text the bonfire hotline your name and your uh, YouTube account or like h- how I can recognize you. And if you're doing all those things and you text the hotline, uh, we'll get you uh, that pass. Uh, we'll give one winner on the pregame here right now and uh, one on the postgame game day after dark following Bombers Elks on Saturday night. What you is know, the bonfire know. hotline? Sorry, Chris. You know what we should do next year, DB? I mean, we talked about this before. Well, let me we let me give out the phone from... number. Let me give out the no, phone we number. we should do... Okay, you get your phone number, but I'm saying we should do a show from there next year. Have her on yeah, the I'm golf do a show. Yes. All right, man. Yes. Okay, Scottswood Links, Bonfire Sports. We'll make it happen. Uh, just great people out there, too. The Sisson family have done an outstanding job with that course. That really transformed it over the last number of years. So if you haven't been there in, in four or five years, maybe six years, uh, it's completely different. Uh, and and again, that beautiful clubhouse. So be sure to check them out. The Bonfire Hotline. Text 204-816-TIPS. That's 816-8477. Standard message rates apply. Just like, you know, texting your mama. Same deal. Uh, but be sure to do all those good things. Hit a thumbs up, leave a comment, and uh, text the hotline uh, with your name and your email address, and I'll be able to to send them to you. So uh, go go do that right now. Should be fun. Um, okay, Chris, who is the MOP of this Blue Bombers team? Is it Zach Kolaris, wow. who would be eligible if if he comes out of Winnipeg? Would be eligible to to go up against probably Vernon Adams Jr. in the West, Chad Kelly in the East, and have a shot at winning a third straight MOP in the CFL, something that really has never happened, maybe with Doug Flutie uh, before. Uh, Or is it Brady Oliveira, who has just been Mr. Everything for the Blue Bombers, and one of those seasons he's putting together that uh, is really going to be maybe number two all time by a Canadian tailback to John Cornish? Yeah, I, I did a, a thing in free press, and I was kind of heaming and hawing about it because I mm. both of them have such incredible resumes going into the year. That was a good piece year. by uh, by Taylor Allen. Real good yeah, piece. it was really nice. And I, I mean, I, 
it's funny. I was leaning more at that particular time to Zach because I said he's the straw that stirs the drink and he touches the ball every time. But then when you get back and you start looking at what Brady has done, the fact that he's got 1,400 yards, he's got two games yet. That's crazy. He's had seven games over 100-plus yards rushing, number one in the CFL. 89-yard average, number one in the CFL. 37 runs over 10 yards, number one in the CFL. I mean, six-point yard average. I mean, he's doing it all, not only running the ball, but catching the ball. He's got great hands out of the backfield. He's got four touchdowns receiving. I don't know what more Brady Oliver could really do besides donate some more dogs from that he rescues up north, and that's where I give him the MOP, too, for what he does outside of the football field. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I can see him taking it. Uh, I know it's going to be tight because you're going to have certain voters who are going to always look at the quarterback. But I think when you look at the body of work that Brady Oliveira has done this year, man, it's really hard to overlook him. Yeah. Um, and he's going to he, – listen, even if he comes out of Winnipeg, say at – just say he comes out MOP. Then he's going to have a tougher race, I think, with Vernon Adams because Vernon Adams is going to – you know, he's got like the most yards he's ever had, 4,000 or something like that. Uh, maybe 5,000 he's going to be trying for. Um, and then you got uh, the Canadian. If he goes up a Canadian, you know he's going to go against. Uh, it's going to be that guy, Matthew Betts, because he's probably going to yeah. set a record, a Canadian yeah. record for sacks. Uh, you know, he's tied right now with, uh, uh, you know, the guy that got a, a Brent Johnson, and he's going to set a record. So how do you overlook that? And then it's the voters, right? Because you know the voters in BC are not going to say – now, you're going to get some voters thinking about Brady. And you're always going to get guys, Zach. I also told you this last time we had this conversation. There mm-hmm. is a mindset where they look and go, you know what, Zach's won it twice already. Let somebody else drink the Kool-Aid. The fatigue. That, I, I, hate to, I hate to say it. The fatigue. If the numbers were jump out at you and, you know, he was so ahead of everybody, I think it'd be automatic. Zach I think it's also. I think it's also on that point that his season this year – is not as good as it was last year. And is that even a fair assessment? I mean, just... No, he's had a great year. It's hard to keep him... You know, it's hard to... When you you start playing up here and you're trying to better yourself year after year and, you you know, you're basically at the top of your game, it's really tough to beat what you did. But then again, you mentioned the guy who did it, and that was uh, Doug Flutie, who, uh, you know, uh, I think he was six-time most outstanding player. The guy was amazing. I mean, Doug Flutie, you know, not only a great quarterback, one of the smartest guys to ever play in the league. Uh, you know, he just made us look stupid sometimes. He was just yeah. that good. Yeah. Uh, but having well, and a, said and that, a guy of his age going back to the NFL, right? And should like have started that one game in San, uh, San Diego. And yep. they went with the moron and put him in. They lost the game because the coach, that's that mentality. Quarterback's too small. Oh, yeah. And Rob he got Johnson. him into the damn yeah, playoffs. Yeah. He got him and they could have uh, don't get me started on that crap. I mean, that's uh, yeah. it pisses me well, off. But anyway, I, so your point about Brady and, yeah. and Zach is a good point. I man, I tell you, if I had to vote right now, I I'm, I think I'm kind of leaning. I hate to say it, I'm kind of leaning a little bit of the old number twenty Brady. Yeah. I just think because he's he's done something that a lot of people haven't done. So uh, four voters in every CFL market and the head coach also gets a vote. So five out of each be, market. Nah, that's going to be and, interesting too. I put my ballot in, uh, as I've had the honor of doing for the last number of years, and I voted my MOP, Brady Oliveira. Wow. See, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, you know, it's not a bad – you can't go wrong with any one of those picks. But I think 
what his, you know, like I say, his body of work is, is second to none. I mean, he's he's going to win the rushing title. He's probably going to end up with sixteen hundred yards. Of him. He's had a great. Uh, there you go. Good point, Ralph Campbell. Never he's had a bad had a game. Great, he's had a great year. He's averaged over 100 yards every time he plays Edmonton. He's going against Edmonton, who gives up the most rush yards, 135 a game. Woo, baby. Come on, man. Yeah, Jason Rempel wants the bonfire hats. I, I hear you. I'm throwing up all your comments here, Jason, because they're, they're kind of giving, giving me a kick. But uh, there's the new uh, the new bonfire logo. A little bit of hockey colors there. The two uh, Jets oh, blue colors. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I like when a V pops out. Yeah, it looks good, buddy. But, um, yeah, we're working on the hats. 3D. Maybe, maybe Christmas time. We'll see. We'll see. It's all uh, it's all uh, coming up around the corner. Uh, I really struggled with the decision on who to vote for uh, for Blue Bombers most outstanding player. And it's because the quarterback is such an important position. Yeah. Zach Kolaris yeah. is elite and has been elite. And yeah, he's had some games where he threw some picks. He's also had some games where he's taken some hellacious licks and yeah. been able to still perform and not miss any stretches of time that's tough to do of course you could say the same thing for brady Oliveira. the wear and tear on the body i know he's a much younger guy uh but uh the wear and tear the the fatigue in the legs and and the core muscles uh to be in a, a you know a bell cow every down back like brady Oliveira is is really uh something to um you know that that, that weighed into things but you know uh like uh, like uh, Ralph Campbell mentioned there, watching live on Facebook. Great comment, Ralph. I'll pull it up again. Brady never had a bad game. And when they needed Brady, and the opposition knew Winnipeg was going to Brady, yeah, he still produced. And to me, that was outstanding. If you talked about most valuable player, I would say no doubt yeah. the quarterback is the most valuable player. Absolutely. Stats Junkie does a great job, and that's a great point by Stats Junkie saying Brady MLB, oh, Zach MVP. Uh, I think that's a, a really good because, yeah, Zach is the most valuable player to this team. There's no doubt about it. But the most outstanding player this year, as you mentioned, and you voted for Brady Oliveira. Um, you know, I, did also think, a- I did also think about, you know, if, if Brady comes out of Winnipeg, if he does, definitely may not. But if he does, how does he stack up against a quarterback in Vernon Adams Jr.? Well, that's the other thing, and I'm I just let's just go like this. Yeah, Vernon Adams is going to get a lot of votes. Listen, he's going to get a lot of. He's had a great year. Let's not even kid yourself. He's one touchdown behind Zach right now. He's a number of yards ahead of Zach as far as the passing yardage. But the weirdest thing is, I think when you look at Edmonton, just think about the Elks right now. MOP is probably going to be Kevin Brown. Yep, another running back. That's who's going to come out of Edmonton for MOP, in my opinion. Um, but having said that, uh, yeah, Vernon Adams is going to be, to me, they're pushing him. Well, listen to Rick Campbell today, uh, the head coach of BC. He actually puts a point of saying, MOP, Vernon Adams. So mm-hmm. when the coaches start pumping you, you know, uh, you know they, they're going to get some attention. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think if Zach was going against him, boy, that's still going to be tough. I think that Vernon Adams, for what he's done to a team like BC – uh, Bombers have been in the West final, what, three years in a row? They're probably going to be three or third year in a row. Um, good chance to go to the Cup. BC wasn't, you know, BC kind of had to come out of the ashes like a phoenix. And I think that uh, what Vernon has done there, you know, I think he's had an outstanding year. And I think that's, in some people's mind, is going to be something that maybe looks at them as MOP. But you're right. If it's Brady against them, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. 
because a lot of times people like it's like when we look at uh, you know who do you want for defense? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the Bombers. I don't know who are you going to go for defense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you had what's his name, uh, Demario Houston, who had seven interceptions, three forced fumbles, or three fumble recoveries. Yep. Uh, you got Dietrich Nichols, who's got one ten pass knockdown, doesn't have an interception, but they don't throw at him. So it's one of those things Locked where down. no stats means nothing, but yet you know how right. studly he is. Yep. Uh, you know, you got Jackson really, Jeffcoat, who whenever Jackson Jeffcoat is in the lineup, the Bombers' defense is exemplary. He just brings something. Uh, I think about it. He's missed a number of games. He's still got seven sacks. He's got uh, what do you got? I got how many tackles? He's got a whole bunch of tackles there too. Uh, I I just think that he's really played well. He's one of those guys that really uh, changes the dynamic of that bomber defense. He rings a game better. I know they're double teaming Willie, and I know they're chipping Willie, and they're taking Willie out of the game. He still leads the leagues with pass knockdowns, which is crazy with thirteen. Um, you don't see that every day from a defensive end. But yeah, I I think defense is going to be tough. I I don't know how they're going to pick it. Uh, Adam Big Hill, you know, is going to get votes just because Adam is always a stud. He he always has great great numbers. He's always around the ball. Um, you know, seventy two tackles, four sacks. But I agree with you on that, uh, Jack Jeff Cole. But will the fact that he missed a number of games affect him? You so know, who do you who do you think I voted for? You get two. Wow, you get two you votes. Voted. You get you get a, a first vote and a second vote, and the second vote works as a tie break if um, you know okay. the, there's gonna, a discrepancy. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you went with Jeff Cole as one of your votes. I did and not. And I think you might. And I think you might have went with. Uh, you might have went with Willie. I don't know. I did vote Willie Jefferson, most outstanding defensive yep. player. And uh, you know, I understand maybe he had, he he hasn't had the best stretch of games here in the home stretch. But if there was one player I would want healthy in every single game, oh. it would oh, be Willie maybe. Jefferson. And my second vote, I didn't give it to Jeff Coat. I didn't give it to Jeff Coat. I gave it to Dietrich Nichols because I think some defensive backs there in the CFL. Go. They deserve a little bit more shine on their name, a little bit more respect uh, than they often get. Man. Yeah, we just talked about him too. The fact that he doesn't have any of that stats, he doesn't even have an interception this year. No, nope. uh, but but they're not throwing at him. No, nope. just not throwing at him. I mean, nope. it's he's crazy. Been, he's how been getting good. The people he's played against. You you mentioned you Edmonton's. You you mentioned Edmonton's most outstanding defensive player or most outstanding player would be Kevin Brown on offense. Yep. You could look at AC Leonard. On defense, you could look at uh, Lucius Purifoy as their dimebacker and returner often um, as yeah. as one of their most outstanding player nominees. Some I, of those DBs, think, they, they deserve a little more respect. No. I, I just think that when I look at, okay, so Willie's got you know nine sacks, uh, 19 tackles. You look at A.C. Leonard, 12 sacks, 44 tackles, two forced fumbles. He's got two receptions. Mm-hmm. One for a touchdown. That's right. He played short yard. receiver. And yeah. then let's flip the side. Jake Ceresna, 12 sacks, 46 tackles. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are really impactful, not only getting the sacks, but a lot of tackles. I'm glad you that's mentioned the, Ceresna. That's, 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 a, that's a thing that pops out at me. Yeah. If you got 12 sacks and you got two tackles, it's like 12 plays to me. But the yeah. fact that he's there, such impactful uh, making tackles, of, you know, the forced fumbles. And uh, A.C. Leonard has been around for a while, and he's probably going to get his due. You know what? If I had to lean, I would probably say it's probably going to be him, or will it be Niles Morgan, who they really like? But having said that, he's, he's missing time. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be my my pick. Now let's go and throw this out. Who do you got for rookie? For uh To me, there was really only two, maybe three players that I think would be in the running for it. Um, Anthony Bennett, defensive end. 
has yeah. dressed in every game this season. Uh, I believe Damian maybe in this one. Damian Jackson, the fullback, playing special teams, catching a pass here and there, kind of playing that Mike Miller role, um, you know, since Uh, Miller's been hurt. Uh, And then you have uh, rookie punter, uh, Jam Sheehan. Uh, I voted Damian Damian Jackson and Sheehan as my second. That's okay. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I would have went. I would have put Jameis number one. That was a tough Uh, one. Just because I think what he's done, he's got 10 kicks or nine kicks inside the 10-yard line. I like what Damien does. He's a guy that doesn't get a lot of notoriety, but I love where he comes from. I love his work ethic. I love the fact that he's an ex, you know, military man. I got a lot of love for those guys, man. Um, he's just, he's just, so, a, he's just a football player, right? Well, I just love the guy like that. You know, listen, I mean, if you ever watch those series, uh, those uh, shows on TV and see what these guys have to go through to be graduating from, from that, uh, you know, was oh, a Navy uh, SEAL. Yeah. You, you, you know, you lay in the water and they try and break you. They actually try and break you. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to the guy. Hats off. Thank you, man. Thank you. Man. Uh, I don't know about the rookie for, uh, you know, Edmonton because they got so many bloody new guys every every week. They're yeah, cutting six, know. bringing six. But let's talk about this, then. Here's the one that I had a hard time with, and I don't get a vote. O-line, I had a hard time. Mm-hmm. Because I had a real hard me, time, too. I, I, I'm leaning at, oh, boy. I'm leaning toward Jamarcus. Mm-hmm. I think Jamarcus has played really well. I like Patty Newfield, though. Patty jumps out at me, and so does Chris Kowalkowski, mm-hmm. I think, under underestimated. Now, I know Stanley Bryant's going to get some votes because Stanley Stanley. But I think that uh, if you watch those PFF or whatever, the, the, the graders, uh, those guys have been showing up pretty high all the time. So yep. it may be a time for Stanley to pass the ballot. Uh, I don't know. He's probably still going to get it because I see the fan voting. And they're voting for him because it's name sure. recognition, and, you know. Sure. But having said I, I that, I had some uh, I had some conversations, and I did a lot of thinking about it too. And and I thought about Stanley and and Jamarcus playing tackle; those really tough positions to play. Yeah. I thought about Pat Newfeld, of course, uh, and Chris Kolonkowski. Uh Jeff Gray. I, I just don't think is in that same class with the others. All due respect to to the Winnipegger, but uh, you know he has been very very good, especially in the the stretch the the final stretch here yeah. of the season. He's pushing guys around. He is a strong. Yeah. He is a what Chris Walby likes to call a horse he's a real horse he's a you know a clydesdale uh pushing the cart yeah and he loves going downfield absolutely um but i went a little bit off the board and i picked chris kolonkowski as my most outstanding offensive lineman you know not a bad you're the quarterback of that line you're calling things yeah i think he's really coming to his own this year i mean he started a little bit last year and then obviously with Couture going to BC, he's uh, really taken over that center spot. Mm-hmm. I do like Patty. I think Patty's had a great year again. Agreed. Congratulations to Patty and his wife on the yes. birth of their daughter. I think that was great yeah. too. So congrats to them for that. But yeah, that, that was a tough one for me, brother. Um, and then what's and, the other and one? And I'll have? mention too, Tui Ellie stepped in for Pat Newfeld in BC when Newfeld was having his uh, child. A baby. And yeah. Tui had one play that stood out on the broadcast that was not a good one. And everybody questioning how Tui Ellie played. He graded out exceptionally in that game wow. against BC. He was very, very good, as I expected him to be, as a lot of people expected him to be. Don't let well, one play understand. paint the whole picture. Yeah, but that's a problem with this. When you're an old lineman, when nobody talks about you, it's great. When they talk about you, it's not a good time. You know, you have you can have a great you can grade out ninety percent, which is great, and have two plays that just you know they're they're basically asterisks on your game, and people see those, and those are the ones depending on the magnitude of that mistake. 
you get a quarterback getting killed. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh, here we go. And they look at you. And that's like, you know, no matter what you do the rest of the game, that's going to be against you. So, yeah, you know, I I, I like your choice there, DB. I think it's a good choice. It's a tough one, though. Um, Couple tough ones. It's very tough. It's always tough. I know you could talk to the old line coach and they great listen, they grade each uh each of these players after every game. Each Chris, player gets I re- graded. I remember the days where it was tough choosing Blue Bombers award nominees because it was like, is Justin Medlock the most outstanding player on this team? Like yeah. it was tough. Yeah. And now it's tough for a different reason. Because you don't yeah, it's know tough because you have so many choices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got a ton. It's like, oh, what's the last one we got then? So we got the Canadian, I guess, eh? Uh, special well, teams. Oh, special teams. Ooh. Serge. Yeah, I think Sergio is consistent, a, thing, solid, good. I, I actually, I actually like what Nick Hallett did. You know, eighteen special teams tackles. I think he, yep. he's done really well. I love the story about Tanner Call uh, Callwalder about his mother. Uh, with fighting cancer. I thought that was a great uh, piece put out yeah, by Tate. Yeah, people out there, go uh, to bluebombers.com and, and read some of the stuff. Uh, the piece on Buck Pierce, great. the priest's on Tanner Cadwallader. Uh, awesome stuff. Is This is the uh, fight cancer game uh, Saturday night at IG Field. And, you know, while the hockey team is maybe having trouble filling the stands, the Blue Bombers, absolute opposite, hot ticket in town, yeah. so too will be the West Final. I have no doubt that'll be sold out November 11th. But uh, this is the final home game of the regular season. So, uh, you know, I, I expect the Madhouse to be rocking on Saturday. It's weird you say that because obviously I'm going to the league, so I have some tickets. So I had friends call me. And it's usually when it's the end of the year and it's, you know, it's Edmonton, everybody's going, ah, I don't want to watch the game. I'll watch it. The Bombers are doing such a fantastic job of bringing fans in and making that a fun environment to be in. Uh, I know they got the, you know, the pregame, they got the cheap beers, the hot dogs and, and pop and stuff like that. And they're really doing a good job. Uh, and they're filling the house every, 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 uh, Every game. And you're right, 100%. Winning helps. I think they'll probably be sold out. And the West Final, definitely, it'll be sold out. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, as you call it, the Madhouse on, what do you call it, Madison? Matheson. Chancellor Matheson, Matheson Boulevard. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I think it's Boulevard. I'm not sure. Uh, but not only will the West Final uh, be uh, a heck of a game, we expect Winnipeg to, to be uh, hosting that game, uh, but the Grey Cup, of course, the 110th Grey Cup will go live from Hamilton on Sunday, uh, November 19th, uh, eight days after the West Final, because, uh, of course, those uh, playoff games have moved to the Saturday. But Sunday Grey Cup, as always, Bonfire Sports will be in the hammer. So whether the Bombers are there or not, we have got coverage coming uh, from the 110th Grey Cup. Sure hope, I think, for everybody out there that the Bombers are are in that game. And, uh, you know, I, I expect them to be, Chris. I really do. I think they're a better team than the BC Lions. I think in a neutral site game, I would always go to the Bombers. If BC finds a way to, uh, you know, host the West Final, Maybe they have a shot at uh, at winning that game, but uh, if Winnipeg hosts the West Final, I can't see Winnipeg losing. I can't. No, and that's interesting. You bring up another point. I mean, let's throw this out there. Who's going to win between Calgary and Saskatchewan? Oh, to get into the playoffs. This is uh, yes. win or lose, do or die. Sasky's got uh, Sasky's got uh, the Argos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then. Uh, Oof. And and the the Argos are like dressing AJ Ouellette. They're dressing Chad Kelly. They're they're bringing the guns because Toronto oh, um, yeah. Toronto uh, is out of buys, and they've been kind of coasting a little bit as of late to you know make sure guys are rested yeah, and, and yeah. ready. But they will have a buy the first week 
of the playoffs. Uh, and up. then, yeah, what was Sa- who's Sasky got uh, week 21? I don't know who they got. Oh, I know they're, they're on a bye. Check. They're on a bye next yeah. week. Yeah, so I think yeah, so if, Saskatchewan, if Saskatchewan has one game, I think Calgary has two. That's right. Um, Calgary's got Winnipeg I mean, next yeah. week, and they're in BC. And, that might be it. and just think about that. If it comes down to that where Calgary has to win and Bombers already clinched, you're going to see a lot of you know substitute players in that game in Calgary, much like they did a number of years ago when we lost the game in Calgary because we sat almost all our starters. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting when you see about that game. Um, I think this game I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm, I'm anticipating a great game. I think Edmonton is – I hope they don't just, you know – basically show up and, and just basically, you know, got their bags packed. Um, I, I remember we had a team, I won't mention who these guys were, but I know we were in a playoff situation once and guys had their luggage packed already. And I was like, what what Jeez. the hell? You can't do that, man. You got to, you know, that's, that's just such a downer. But yeah, I think that uh, I'm looking forward to a, a real classic uh, snot knocker. Um, hmm. I think it'll be a good one. Absolutely. Snot knocker. I love it. Snot knocker, baby. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know how Calgary wins in BC and then home to Winnipeg next week when, you know, those two opponents are not only the class of the West Division amongst the class of the CFL, but have something to play for. Uh, So it looks like Saskatchewan will probably find a way uh, into the playoffs, but that is a flawed football team. And I fully expect the GM and the head coach, they are in the final year of their contract. You could even say the final game of their contract, uh, at least regular season game. Um, I, I don't yeah. think those guys will be back next year. All due respect. I like Craig Dickinson a lot. I've had a, a lot of good interactions with him. Jeremy, very, O'Day, I've never had a chance open, to, to yeah. meet or speak to, but um, it, it they, they need change. They need change in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Well, they need something that's going to happen. And when's the last time you've seen the, you know, the Dickinson boys on the wrong side of the ledger? I mean, Calgary, Both obviously, with Dave yeah. and Greg. I mean, you know, Calgary has been a, um, an exemplary team for a number of years, and they're having a bad year this year. Real but bad. Saskatchewan is just, you know, they just basically busted. Um, yeah. They don't seem to have any discipline. Uh, I think they just can't. I mean, I don't think, I think their offensive coordinator's got to go. I don't think he's very good. Uh, I hate to say that, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like the starting court. I like that Dolagala. I like him. But having said that, man, they just, their scheme is really different. They can't figure out, do they want to play that oh. Frankie Hickson? Can you imagine the emotional roller coaster when you go through your starting quarterback, who is a free agent acquisition, then you go to your second stringer, does some things, and then he gets hurt and Mason fine. And then you bring in Jake Dolagala uh, and and nobody maybe really had huge expectations for him, but played well, despite, you know, like, okay, great. He plays well, but the the emotional roller coaster you go through as a team prior to that uh, is tough. They have talent. They just haven't been able to put it all together. And I think, a lot of that goes on the coaching staff. So uh, do, do expect changes there. Wanted to yeah, mention two more questions, Chris, before we get to your keys to the game, because that's what everyone all right, uh, uh, came here. What's that? I said, all righty. Oh, all righty. Oh, I didn't catch that's, the accent. I was like, there. remember Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. All righty then. Alrighty. Oh, I thought that was more Matthew Dunnigan. <laughs> no, that'd be a twang. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on through you, ma- oh, no, I can't Roy Shroud asked this question a couple times, and uh, appreciate your patience, Roy. Hope you're still with us. Uh, has the size of receivers in the CFL changed? I don't think so. No, seems like the same size of, of of guys to me. You've always had those Clarence Denmarks. You've always had those Chris Matthews. You've always had, um, you know, the the really really small guys as well, like the Greg McCrays. 
So yeah, no, no I, I don't think so. But here's the big question, Chris. Andrea, always great to see you, Andrea. Thanks for joining us as always. Bonfire Whoa. OG. Did Kyle Walter, Walter sign an extension yet? Winnipeg Blue Bombers GM is in the final year of his contract. Michael Shea has an extension. Wade Miller ain't going anywhere. He's the third piece in that Canadian mafia uh, that uh, Dave Dickinson coined so infamously. Uh, the the trio, the triumvirate, if you will, if I can throw some some language out. Um, Kyle Walters has no contract, Chris. That's He's never weird. been like I'll Michael be Shea. Michael Shea said, I've always, uh, you know, uh, played out the entirety of my contract and then I sign an extension. That has not been the case for Kyle Walters. I don't believe that he has been offered a contract. That's a very interesting scenario for the way he's done and the things they've done together, those three with Miller, him, and, and O'Shea. I just can't believe he hasn't. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe you wait until the end of the year. Uh, listen, there'll be a, every team in the league that has an opening will be willing to grab Kyle Walters just because of the way he does things. He'll have his he choice, builds, I think. He builds, a, he builds veterans. He brings them on. So uh, Great drafter. I, I, great yeah, I just great think, trader. Uh, yeah. Great, great trader. Smart, smart. But they have communication. You know, much like any player on a team, they communicate. You got O'Shea and you got Miller and you got Kyle on a sit-down with whatever respective coach yeah. might be. Ted and Danny. Ted Gavaya, Danny, uh, Danny McManus. Well, Danny the, Mack, uh, I think, is gone. I think Donnie Mack will be a GM somewhere. I know he's assistant GM here. I think head. uneducatedly, I think Ted Gavaya will be the GM of the Blue Bombers next year. It's funny you say that. I'm just going to say because – is that why they're holding, you know, horses on uh, Kyle Walters, not, you know, giving him the you know, the money mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. A guy, I cannot even imagine that. A guy thinking to himself, and Kyle's a great guy, first off, too. Great family guy, got great kids. And the fact that he's going to be sitting after three straight finals, could be three straight great cups, and he's sitting on could be four. broken glass waiting for the window to break, you know? Yeah. I don't get four. it. I don't get it. But that's, yeah. you know, I'm not smarter men than me know what they're doing, I guess. But yeah. I sure wouldn't want to sit in that kind of situation with that hanging on my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, I'll ask this question knowing you know the answer. You remember Brendan Tamman? Yes. And do you yes. remember where he went when he left Winnipeg? He went to Ottawa, didn't he? He went to Saskatchewan and he won a great cup. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought he went to Ottawa too, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He went somewhere after that. I know that it's funny. It's not very, you know, these guys go from the penthouse to the outhouse so quickly. It's hard to keep track of them all. Yeah. Uh, Not to say they're in the outhouse, but yeah. Edmonton, Calgary, and BC do not need GMs. Okay. Montreal, I think is, is going to stay with, with Jenny Machocha. Um, uh, Pinball Clemens signed an extension with the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, Sean Burke is in, uh, his second or third year. I don't think he's going anywhere from Ottawa. He's still, they've actually, they've actually said he's staying. They gave him the vote of confidence. Yeah. Um, now now, maybe Bobby, now Bobby Dice will be interested to see what he did do with him as a a head coach. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, mean, I don't think Kyle I mean, Walters yeah. is going to look for a head coaching job. I think he's going to look for. Well, a no, and this uh, Scotty sure. Westman put the point up there. He says, "Do you see O'Shea getting double title? No, not a chance. Doesn't too want to much be on your plate. It's just too much on your plate." And I remember uh, we had, uh, you know, Cal Murphy was assistant, and oh, he was the head GM and the head coach, and it just becomes too convoluted. It becomes, it, it, you know, you just can't have you. You have to separate the two. Uh, I think Dave Dickinson. Too much on his plate. 
I think they were better when Johnny Huffnagel was not the president. Johnny Huffnagel was GM. And then Dave could just concentrate on coaching. It's too much to think about. I got to sign this guy, get rid of this guy. With Saskatchewan, or pardon me, with with Calgary, though, and, and, you know, uh, John Huffnagel going from GM and president to just president, and Dave Dickinson from just head coach to head coach and GM, uh, I think that's more of just a shuffling of titles more than anything. I do think they're trying to give John Huffnagel a little bit less on his plate and allow Dave Dickinson to find his heir apparent to be head coach and for him to become the eventual GM president as Huffnagel had been. Uh, But there's not going to be a change in any of those markets. So for Kyle Walters, he's looking if, if his contract does expire and he hits the market this winter uh, and that is an if, where do you go? Oh, that's calling. He's calling. He wants to join bonfire sports. Uh, you got got Saskatchewan, you got maybe Hamilton. I, I don't, I don't know if that that's going to happen. I would be very surprised if he didn't become the GM of Danny, the Rough Riders. Danny, man, I apologize for the phone. It's actually my doc. I went for a hip x-ray the other day, and I bet he's calling now to say, get it done, boy, get it done. Well, I hope you're okay, Chris. Yeah, I'm okay, man, but I'm getting old, you know, I guess they're looking at that, so. Yeah, but anyway, your, yeah. Your, you got a birthday coming up. Yes, I do, man. Yes, I do. It's a big one, but that's okay. It's a big one. No, it's not a big. It's that it doesn't matter. It's uh, every day. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk right, about it later. Every day on the right side of the ground is a good thing. Bro. Yes, that's sir. Honest. Yes, sir. God willing, as they say. God willing. God willing. Uh, God willing. Well, and as people tune in here, God willing for Chris Welby's keys to the game. What is critical for Winnipeg to accomplish? To come away with a victory, secure that West final hosting uh, on November 11th uh, and uh, give everybody in a capacity crowd at the Madhouse on Matheson Saturday night, every dollar they've paid. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, this is based on BC winning because my keys would change tomorrow if BC loses. But having said that, if they win, you got to have the killer instinct. I think the Bombers need to have that. Don't underestimate a team that has nothing to lose. And you know what? Play Brady Ball. I love Brady Ball. He's had 100 yards rushing against these guys in both games he played. Uh, they're running against the league's worst rush defense, so I think that's a, that's a plus right there. Defense, we've talked about this. Trey Ford is dangerous. He's a legit 4-4-40 guy, which means he's very fast. And I mean, you got to keep him in the pocket. But I think even more important is you got to stuff the run. I really do like this Kevin Brown running back. I think he's tough, and I think he fights for yards. I think that he's one of the best. And I, I, to me, he'll be the MOP of Edmonton and the Elks uh, this this year. You got to stop him, force Trey to throw the football. And you know what? In special teams, just continue to do a good job on covered teams because Edmonton has now has no return touchdowns this year. Let's keep it at that. And those are my keys for the day. And that's it, baby. Do you remember uh, the? Uh, do you remember the Edmonton Elks gaff by the returner? Who didn't come out of the end zone and then they they gave up the point? Yes. CJ Sims, they released him today as they cut their practice roster down. Wow. Uh, I had him down. I had him down. I, I didn't know if he I was wondering who's gonna return. Well, that's something you you know we we didn't discuss, Chris, is the Blue Bombers practice roster as they released uh Carlton Agadosi, who uh people were really waiting for that opportunity to uh to see come him on. back and, and healthy again. Hey, uh buddy he joined he joined the Toronto Argonauts. I told you that when he, we talked about. It, I said the two guys, Abu Swarmy, and and uh, and uh, Carl Nagadusi. I said they'll be picked up right away. And they One were got picked up by Toronto. And listen, 
He knows the I'm, offense, the Bombers' offense, which is great. Yes. But he's six six. You got a big receiver. Well, the thing I liked about him is, well, he goes to skies and gets a football. He might come back and bite the Bombers. The other guy, obviously, Swarry, uh, he's in Saskatchewan. That's he got right. picked up right away too. So uh, it's athletic, great to see those man. young men continuing their football. But yeah. yeah. So there's the Blue Bombers practice roster as it stands today. There is a receiver there, Ravi Alston, who is uh, not dressed uh, in any games. But we got to remember, that's how Kenny Lawler became a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Joined the practice yep. roster late one season, peppered in uh, to the lineup the next season, and then the following, uh, his third year uh, in the Canadian Football League, really uh, jumped off the charts. Miles Fox has been a practice roster DT for a long, long time in Winnipeg. Uh, I think it was week three, week four, maybe he signed uh, after being cut from the BC Lions. There's Celestin Haba, who uh, had some sacks early in the year. Probably somebody that uh, will uh, get a bigger role in 2024. Noah Hallett back again after uh, just another rough injury uh, ending, uh, you know, season ending uh, injury for him. Uh, but there he is on the practice roster, healthy once again. He's been hanging out with his brother, Nick, and the Blue Bombers organization all season, but back on the practice roster just this past week. Of course, uh, global uh, Solomane Karamoko, uh, defensive back Desmond Lawrence, who started in the Grey Cup last year and uh, to start this season when uh, Winston Rose was hurt. Uh, the two Japanese globals, Tomoya Mishino on the O-line, Les Maruo at linebacker, Tyreek McGee uh, has seen a little bit of action, I believe, this year uh, at defensive back, uh, Drew Richmond. There's your heir apparent at tackle, whether it's for Stanley Bryant or Jamarcus Hardrick. And then uh, 2023 draft pick, uh, defensive lineman Tanner Schmeckel. Uh, whoop, pardon me. There it goes, zooming in and out. Uh, your injured list, Demario Houston, Dalton Schoen, both on the one game. So closer to a return, then farther away. Beeksma, likely done for the year. Darby, uh, I think, is about halfway through his six-game stint on the injured list. Shane Goche uh, would be wrapping up. His six-game stint, same two with Jeremy Murphy, if I believe. Mike Miller, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with Mike Miller. I sure hope the Bombers are able to get him back. Uh, more valuable than just what he brings on the field. He's been around hey, the man, team, though. Yeah, he's been around the team. He's given. Uh, he's obviously going to be a coach. I think he'll be one of those guys that just transforms hands in his shoulder pads for, uh, for a coaching hat. That's what I think will happen. Yeah. Well, gosh dang it, Chris Walby. It's been a long time since you and I done this show. This was a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody for joining us uh, yeah. live as well or afterwards. Uh, hit up your podcast app. You can leave a review there. Hit the comments. Thumbs up. Just do it right now. You want the Bombers to win? Hit that thumbs up. Uh, get that uh, good mojo uh, flowing. And Chris, I know you're headed to the lake. You're going to watch uh, a big game in BC with the Lions and the Stampeders playing Friday night. Saturday yep. after the game, you're going to be tuning into uh, game day after dark with me and Schnitzi, aren't you? Oh my God. Well, I want to see how a broadcast should be done. I'm taking notes, brother. I'm like, Oh man, that was good. He answered that question very politely. Oh, that's good. Look at mm. the enunciation on that word. Well, have a great one, Chris. It's going to be a fun game. All right. Listen, DB, have a great one. Bombers go. I'll look forward to watching you guys on TV. Uh, it's going to be a nice weekend. I think we still got nice weather. Get out and enjoy it. Stay healthy, stay happy. God bless. And I'm out, baby. I'm out. I got to get out. <laughs>